Good afternoon. <laughs> Welcome back to chapter 10 of 5, Run Away Together. It's getting exciting. So chapter 10 is called Kiran Island Once More. They all clambered into the boat. Timothy leapt in lightly and ran to the prow where he always stood. <clears throat> His tongue hung out in excitement. He knew quite well that something was up and he was in it. No wonder he panted and wagged his tail hard. Off we go, said Julian, taking the oars. Sit over there a bit, Anne. The luggage is weighing down the boat awfully the other end. Dick, sit by Anne to keep the balance better. That's right. Off we go. And off they went in George's boat, rocking up and down on the waves. The sea was fairly calm, but a good breeze blew through their hair. The water splashed around the boat and made a nice, gurgly, friendly noise. The children all felt very happy. They were on their own. They were escaping from the horrid sticks. And they were going to stay on Kiran Island with the rabbits and the gulls and the jackdaws. Oh, doesn't that new made bread smell awfully good, said Dick, feeling very hungry as usual. Can we just grab a bit, do you think? Oh, yes, let's, said George. So they broke off bits of the warm brown crust, handed some to Julian, who was rowing, and chewed the delicious new-made bread. Timmy got a bit too, <laughs> but his was gone as soon as it went into his mouth. Oh, Timmy's funny, said Anne. He never eats his food as we do. He just seems to drink it. Just takes it into his mouth and swallows it as if it was water. The others laughed. He doesn't drink his bones, said George. He always eats those all right. Chews on them for hours and hours. Don't you, Timothy? Woof, said Timmy, agreeing. He eyed the place where that enormous bone was, wishing he could have it now. But the children wouldn't let him. They were afraid it might go overboard, and that would be a pity. I don't believe anyone has noticed us going, said Julian, except Alf the fisher boy, of course. We told him about going to the island, Dick, but nobody else. They had all called at Alf's house on their way to the cove. Alf was alone in the yard at the back, his mother was away, and his father was out fishing. They told him their secret, and Alf had nodded his tasseled head and promised faithfully to tell nobody at all. He was evidently very proud at being trusted. If my mother and father come back, you must let us know, said George. Sail as near the island as you dare and hail us. You can get nearer to it than anyone else. I'll do that, promised Alf, wishing he could go with them. So you see, Dick, said Julian, as he rowed out to the island, if by any chance Aunt Fanny does return, sooner than we expect, we shall know at once and come back. I think we've planned everything very well. Yes, we have, said Dick. He turned and faced the island, which was coming nearer. We shall soon be there. Isn't George going to take the oars and guide the boat in? Yes, said George. We've come to the difficult bit now, where we've got to weave our way in and out of the different rocks that keep sticking up. Give me the oars, Joe. 
She took the oars and the others watched in admiration as the girl guided the big boat skilfully in and out of the hidden rocks. She certainly was very clever. They felt perfectly safe with her. The boat slid into the little cove. It was a natural harbour with the water running up to a stretch of sand. High rocks sheltered it. The children jumped out eagerly and four pairs of willing hands tugged the boat quickly up the sand. Higher up still, panted George. You know what awful storms suddenly blow up in this bay. We want to be sure the boat is quite safe, no matter how high the seas run. The boat soon lay on one side, high up the stretch of sand. Whew. The children sat down, puffing and blowing. Let's have breakfast here, said Julian. I don't feel like unloading all those heavy things at the moment. We'll get what we want for breakfast and have it here on this warm bit of sand. So they got a new loaf of bread, some cold ham, a few tomatoes and a pot of jam. Anne found knives and forks and plates. Julian opened two bottles of ginger beer. Funny sort of breakfast, he said, setting the bottles down on the sand but simply gorgeous when anyone is as hungry as we are. They ate everything except about a third of the loaf. Timmy was given his bone and some of his own biscuits. He crunched up the biscuits at once and then sat down contentedly to gnaw the fine bone. Oh, how nice to be Timmy with no plate or knife or fork or cup. To bother about, said Anne, lying on her back in the sun, feeling that she really couldn't eat anything more. Ah, oh, if we're always going to have mixed up meals like this on the island, I shall never want to go back. Who would have thought that ham and jam and ginger beer would go so well together? Timmy was thirsty. He sat with his tongue hanging out, wishing that George would give him a drink. He didn't like ginger beer. George eyed him lazily. Oh, Timmy, are you thirsty? She said. Oh, dear. I feel as if I really can't get up. Oh, you'll have to wait a few minutes. Then I'll go to the boat and empty out some water for you. But Timothy couldn't wait. <laughs> he went off to some nearby rocks, which were out of reach of the sea. In a hole in one of them, he found some rainwater and he lapped it up eagerly. The children heard him lapping it and laughed. Isn't Timmy clever, murmured Anne. I should never have thought of that. The children had been up half the night and now they were full of good things and were very sleepy. One by one they fell asleep on the warm sand. Timothy eyed them in astonishment. It wasn't night time, yet here were all the children sleeping tightly. Oh, well, well. A dog could always go to sleep too at any time. So Timothy threw himself down beside George, put his head right on her middle and closed his eyes. The sun was high when the little company awoke. Julian woke first, then Dick, feeling very hot indeed. For the sun was blazing down. Oh, they sat up yawning. Goodness, said Dick, looking at his arms. The sun has caught me properly. I shall be terribly sore by tonight. Did we bring any cream, Julian? 
No, I never thought of it, said Julian. Cheer up. You'll be burnt much more by the time this day ends. The sun's going to be hot. There's not a cloud in the sky. They woke up the girls. George pushed him his head off her tummy. You give me nightmares when you put your heavy head there, she complained. Oh, I say, we're on the island, aren't we? <laughs> For a moment I thought I was back in bed at Curran Cottage. Oh, isn't it gorgeous? Here we are for ages, all by ourselves, with tons of nice things to eat, able to do just what we like, said Anne contentedly. I guess the old sticks are, get, are glad we've gone, said Dick. Oh, Spotty Face will be able to loll in the sitting room and read all our books if he wants to. And Stinker Dog will be able to wander all over the house and lie on anybody's bed without being afraid that Timothy will eat him whole, said George. Well, let him. I don't care about anything now that I've escaped. It was fun to lie there and talk about oh, everything. But soon Julian, who could never rest for long once he was awake, got up and stretched himself. Come on, he said to the others, there's work to do, lazy bones. Come along. Work to do? What do you mean, said George in astonishment. Well... We've got to unload the boat and pack everything somewhere where it won't get spoilt if the rain happens to come, said Julian. And we've got to decide exactly where we're going to sleep and get the heather for our beds and pile the rugs on them. There's plenty to do. Oh, don't let's do it yet, said Anne, not at all wanting to get up out of the warm sand. But the others pulled her up and together they all set to work to unload the boat. Let's go and have a look at the castle, said Julian, and find the little room where we'll sleep. It's the only one left whole, so it will have to be that one. They went right to the top of the inlet, climbed up onto the rocks and made their way towards the old ruined castle, whose wall rose up from the middle of the little island. They stopped to gaze at it. It's a fine old ruin, said Dick. Aren't we lucky to have an island and castle of our own? Fancy, this is all ours. They gazed through a big broken-down archway to old steps beyond. The castle had once had two fine towers, but now one was almost gone. The other rose high in the air, half ruined. The black jackdaws collected there, talking loudly. Jack, 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 jack. Nice birds said Dick. I like them. See the grey patch at the back of their heads, Anne? I wonder if they ever stop talking. I don't think so, said George. Oh, look at the rabbits. Tamer than ever. The courtyard was full of big rabbits who eyed them as they came near. It seemed as if, it really seemed as if it would be possible to pat them. They were so tame. But one by one they edged away as the children approached. Oh, Timothy was in a great state of excitement and his tail quivered from end to end. Oh, those rabbits! Why couldn't he chase them? Why was George so difficult about rabbits? He, Why couldn't he make them run just a little bit? But George had her hand on his collar and gave him a stern glance. Now, Timothy, don't you dare 
to chase even the smallest of these rabbits. They're mine, every one of them. Ours, corrected Anne at once. She wanted to share in the rabbits as well as in the castle and the island. OK, ours, said George. Let's go and have a look at the little dark room where we'll spend the nights. They made their way to where the castle did not seem to be quite so ruined. They came to a doorway and peeped inside. Here it is, said Julian, looking in. I shall have to use my torch. The windows are only slits here and it's quite dark. He turned on his torch and the children all gazed into the old room where they proposed to store their goods and sleep. George gave a loud exclamation. Golly, we can't use this room. The roof has fallen in since last summer. So it had. Julian's torch shone onto a heap of fallen stones, scattered all over the floor. Oh, it was quite impossible to use the old room now. In any case, it might be dangerous to do so, for it looked as if more stones might fall at any moment. Oh, blow, said Julian. What shall we do about this? We shall have to find somewhere else for a storing and sleeping place. Ooh, oh dear me. I wonder where they're going to sleep. Possibly, what do you reckon, down in the dungeons? Mm, I don't know. <laughs> we shall have to see. Um, tomorrow, maybe they'll have found somewhere. Oh, so come back tomorrow and see. Anyway, you will go and have a great day. And me... I am going to go and have a great day too. <laughs> so, take care and stay safe and join me tomorrow. Bye for now.